Hello, animation fans, and welcome to another iAnimate podcast. I'm your host, Larry Vasquez, and you're listening to episode 85. In this episode, we have Rod Douglas joining us. Uh, Rod is a storyboard and layout artist um, who's been working in the industry for probably a couple decades now. Um, He goes back to Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius over at DNA and uh, has been working at Real Effects ever since there, um, both based in Texas. It was a really neat opportunity to talk to Rod. Um, He comes from that story background, so you can tell he's very enthusiastic and animated when he talks. Um, He enjoys this industry. Um, As I mentioned, he's been working in it for a couple decades. And uh, one of the things I really appreciate in regards to storyboards, particularly from an animation standpoint, is because they're dealing really close with the directors. And so typically from the storyboards, once you get those as an animator or see those, those are your kind of first looks at what the director is really kind of wanting. Um, and it's kind of those golden poses, so to speak, for the animator. And obviously we run from them from there, but it's kind of just that really clear picture. And so it's always fun to see good, uh, clean storyboards. Um, and so, uh, again, he was just very enthusiastic in regards to this industry, and it was very neat to talk with him. So definitely check this one out. All right. Well, let's jump into it. Um, I always like to thank my guests. I know, you know, we were kind of talking about the schedule and stuff, and you, hey, no, you can do, I can do it in 30 more minutes. Don't worry about it. Um, so I always just appreciate the time that you guys take to, to jump on the podcast with me interview i know a lot of people around the world listen to these and i know they appreciate it so um I, I, this is never a cliche i always thank my guests it's a big honor to get you guys in on this podcast yeah, so thank you very much yeah thank you for having me very thank cool yeah. um you know we kind of briefly talked beforehand and i like i mentioned i was looking at your imdb you've been in the industry for quite some time which is really really cool um i was looking at you know jimmy neutron uh Ant, the amp bully um and even back on some of the ones with uh barn is it barnyard yeah barnyard i worked yeah, on barnyard. Yeah. yeah so i'm like man you got some cool stuff here and then you know you've worked on the book of life and um best fiends shorts i you know my brother and i have a studio that we've got to work with uh on some of those shorts and stuff oh, so cool. just a neat opportunity to kind of get you in on this podcast so yeah, appreciate it man your From background doing cloth film just dude, i've got i did some lighting terribly but <laughs> <laughs> you know it was still just having the opportunity to, to kind of just and then doing a lot of layout you know stuff like that so we, which we could talk about but that's one thing that i really enjoy doing is being able to kind of straddle that fence creatively on the story aspect and then going to the digital side too and being the DP and, and film and, you know, stuff like that. that. That I find that to be probably one of the most enjoying things, honestly. Very cool. Yeah. So how did you get into anim- the industry? I mean, it was one of those things, man, like our, when I was a kid, right. It's like, it's just, I don't know, man, I came out the womb wanting to draw, I think. Like, seriously. <laughs> as, as long as I can remember, I just wanted to draw cartoons and I didn't know how or like, because back then in like the, in the mid nineties, the industry, I mean, there was only like Pixar. There wasn't that many studios. It just wasn't a thing back then. You know, Uh, when Jimmy Neutron, the film got Oscar nominated, it was up against like Monsters Inc. And some stuff like that. I can't remember. But the thing is, I'm saying is, that's how Monsters Inc. was like the second or third. That's the third Pixar movie. Yeah, yeah. That's how there wasn't many places you could just go work like you can now. I don't think DreamWorks was there. I, don't, I can't remember. But anyway, so I just, I just wanted to always draw cartoons, you know, whatever that meant. So I just, you know, with the support, you know, my parents and, and the drive to just 
wanting to do it. And I got to, I mean, I can't leave this out being a brother in the industry. You know, that's obvious, but there's something to be said about that also, because everywhere I worked, I could count me on one hand, brother over there, <laughs> one there, and maybe, and it's not like you, it's especially in the nineties, you're like looking around, man, it's kind of, and so being able to, to maintain and, 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 be, and have a foothold in it. And like I said, it's just to be able to work in this industry and kind of have to, you know, deal with that. That's another whole another aspect of it, of just trying to, you know, hear your voice, which is a minority voice in the industry. Because I, I, I can always say this. I said, I guarantee people, because we only had three story artists on Neutron. Three. For, because that was, you know, that was back then when you didn't have to animate the, the everything like you do. Now it's like, you, you're on paper. And it's like, dude, literally you had a stack. We had a stack of papers like this, our boards, and we fed them through. The editor would feed them through. And then we had, oh, it was just crazy back then. But um, anyway, I just, I don't know, I lost my train of thought talking about scanning papers. <laughs> it just brought back some pain. You don't have to do that anymore now. So that's awesome. No, I, which is awesome. I love it. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I just think that, and I just, uh, but you was, knew you wanted to draw and you knew, you mentioned yeah, there wasn't yeah, very yeah. many places to, to kind of do this in. Yeah. So, uh, I remember working at this dot com doing flash cartoons, drawing like flash tunes. Right. And I remember the, I got this call. I was, I thought it was when everything, Hey, all these companies were going public IPOs oh, we're worth a billion, worth a million, bro. You know, all this stuff. So I remember I got a call and he's like, hey, we're working on this cool movie called Jimmy Neutron. You want to work on it? One of my instructors at the Art Institute. And I was like, nah, I, I, I said, that's cool, but I think I'm going to be rich because our company is going to go public and I'm going to be a millionaire with all these stock options and all this stuff. Right? <laughs> Man, I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't much long after that call. And he's like, yeah, come to work on a Saturday. We're going to do. So we went in and we are, he's closing the company down. And I was like, oh, and, and so I thought I was like, cook, toast. I'm not going to be in this industry that I had the chance to be in. I was beating myself up about it. And I was like, oh, no. But uh, so I had to go work at TXU Energy, answering phones, getting people yelling at me about, why is my bill so high? Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, dude. <laughs> I just boring. want to be working drawing yeah, cartoons exactly. <laughs> not supposed to be here so I yeah i don't care why you build your bill is high because you turned it high that's why <laughs> you know but i didn't and so anyway i i still kept my connections with my uh my colleagues as they were getting into the industry and i just kept you know i worked at that txu for like a year and something obviously drawing on the you know answering people's drawing continuing to try to you know uh to turn and nurture those relationships and so finally, when the series had started, they had an opportunity for me to go in there. So I didn't work on the film, but I, I worked on the, the TV series. You know, uh. And I went in there and had to take a test. And, and I just, you know, it was stressful. It was stressful because I was like, oh, I don't you know, I'm get fired every day, you know, just kind of green in the industry. But dude, I survived. And uh, it's just, it was a joy to work on because it was, you know, it was three story artists working on three seasons of shows. Mm -hmm. So we would split, you know, with 22 minutes, we split it in half. Somebody would get the first half and then you get the back or the next show, you get the back and get the front. You know, so we just, you know, it was me, a brother, uh, 
my Jewish buddy, and then a white baby, right? So we had a, you know, cool little story team, just three of us. <laughs> and so when we would make jokes and run it by each other, and we all laugh, I'm like, if we all three think it's funny, it's probably funny, right? <laughs> Brother over here, my Jewish homie, and then my white, my white buddy, right? So we had, a, you know, so we would laugh our jokes and, you know, crack, do all kind of crazy stuff. And see what you know when Nickelodeon would let go through and other <laughs> stuff wouldn't. But but that was the thing too, and, and that was cool. But I, I tell people this sometimes is when they think of a series, they probably don't think some of these things came from the brain, the brain of a black man. Like they probably it's probably not crossing their mind that that's a possibility. And it was because I worked on like 30 something, you know, 30 something shows, right? And you know how scripts are. There's a lot of interpretation to go in that. Like you're not getting, then he does this, or, you know, you're just getting kind of, and you come up with a lot of right, like, right. bags and you, you know, you and the director, you know, you help him support his vision and you're just, you know, going back and forth doing stuff. It, it was a very, very fun time for me though. That was probably, you know, my favorite like experience because it was my first, I think I was a little naive to the industry also uh-huh. and how much of a grind it could be on you, you know, really green. Yeah, that it would go on forever. I didn't know that shows were like, oh yeah, three seasons are canceled. Like I just thought you'd be making this into perpetuity. Like I don't know, I just, <laughs> just that kid out of school, like oh, everything is great, and I'm going to change the world because I know everything. And I did. yeah, yeah. I did. So now, um, one of the things I love about storyboards is it's kind of like because um, you know we teach animation here at I Animate, but it's it's that um, that bridge, so to speak. It's it's almost kind of that. Uh, middle ground of comics and animation where now you you're you're getting those moving you know with animation you're getting the storytelling poses and i feel like that's what the storyboards are they're they're getting that storytelling poses from the director um and so it's just neat to see your work and some of the stuff that we've got to work on or or have seen in, in the past here what were some of the the lessons you were learning in that green time there with Jimmy Neutron and particularly with television where it's a little bit quicker right yeah that's nothing too compared to feature work where you get like three weeks for one sequence or something. We were turning over. We basically had to do a show in three weeks. Wow. You know, we okay. One week for your thumbnails, one week for your clean those up, and then finals. And then next, like literally there'd be another show. See, which this is why I love TV too, because there was like 20 or 30 episodes a season. So you're you're doing one and there's a show right there. Like sometimes you gotta you're doing two at once and you clean up your the dude, boy, he was sick for a week and you gotta you know, but I think a lot of things, uh, a real lesson for me was understanding more about filmmaking and cinematography. Okay. That's when it really hit home about this isn't just drawn comic books where the line of action is broken and you're just dynamic Jack Kirby dope hand uh-huh. <laughs> Like it is really, it's, it's a way more complicated language than that, you know, and it's almost like, uh, it's, it's, it's language. So I, I tell people like this sometimes when you you know English. Right. And then there's there's a foreigner and they're speaking broken English because that's not their native tongue. But when you hear it, you go, it's kind of broken. It's because you know that language. Right. Mm. So it's like your first and only language. So, you know, it well, so when there's a little kink in it, you can, you can uh, pick up on it quick, see it very quickly. Yeah. So it was, it, it's now like that with boarding that you could just see. You can just see it like a language because you you kind of pretty fluent in the language. So now I'm seeing things like I wouldn't have picked up on back in the day is because, you know, 
opening shot speaks to last shot. Like a story artist, and then to me also like with layout, I think which is different from animation because I hear a lot of animators were like, yeah, this is my shot, this is the, the shot, where with us it's the sequence, right? Mm. Because we realize shot 20 speaks to shot 210. Gotcha. And one of the uh, ways I would illustrate that, like sometimes when I talk to students and uh, I would use Key Largo, which is, you know, uh, John Houston directed that. It came out like 48 or whatever. I would like go back and watch a lot of old film, like black and white, four three aspect ratio, because we were working mm-hmm. in TV anyway. But it, there's, um, I think it was uh, Humphrey Bogart, Lauren Bacall, and Edward G. Robinson. And it was about when this hurricane came through the town and then the, you know, the mob was there and then this hurricane came through and the cops came through. So basically it's like the first time we see our villain, which is Edward G. Robinson, he's in a bathtub, you know? Yeah, she, that dude. Uh-huh. And the, he's, you see the fan and then the camera kind of comes around the fan and his eyes are like, you know, like this, right? And he's taking up the top half of the frame. And so, and that's the opening shot. So. As the film progresses, we continue to see his eyes above the middle of the frame. So about halfway through the film, the hurricane comes through, you know, and he begins to feel like he's losing his ground because the authorities are coming in. And so we start to like widen out a little bit Mm. and the camera's slowly starting to go up and tilt up. So every time you see him now, he's like, he's a little smaller in the frame because he's losing power. And then at the end of the film, when Humphrey Bogart is like on this boat with him and he's like on the top, you know, like a top deck of the boat, Humphrey Bogart's on the top half, Edward G. Robinson is on the bottom deck and he, bam, so he shoots him, right? And this is what's even, what's even doper because, you know, Edward G. Robinson is in the small half of the screen, so he gets shot, boom, up, and he gets hit. And so then... We go close on him, and it's his sparkling grace. His eyes are up here, where he used to be. He falls, and then he drops. Very cool. Yeah, so at the last frame of the film, we see him at the very bottom of the frame, and and, uh, Humphrey Bogart is at the top. So over time, we saw him go from the top, eyeballs above the middle frame, very much in power. He's in power all the way to now. He's at the very bottom. He cannot get any lower in frame or he'd be out of the frame. So that's how, so we basically showed him over time how to start here and here. And it's no accident because we understand as filmmakers, the first shot speaks to the last, right? Yeah, yeah. So those are lessons that I was learning while I was learning and putting screen direction was wrong and you know, just learning the rules. And luckily, uh, the director, Keith Alcorn and Mike Gasway were really patient with me while I was, you know, trying to, uh, you know, just, you know, cultivate my craft and get better at the, the entire art of filmmaking. Yeah, yeah. Now, did you have any um, anyone that was kind of a, your, your mentor or someone that he kind of taught you, took you under their wings? Yeah, in, in the early days, yeah, when I was at DNA, well, when it was, it, when we were on Neutron, it was different, but then once we went to Ambulance and I was doing set dressing, and I got to do some boards on that. It was, uh, Ken Matroni had, he used to work at Pixar like for a long time, working Toy Story 2 and all that. He really helped like steer my mind into watching like a lot of old films. Mm. Like, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, even like with Michael Curtiz, Casablanca, uh, 
Mildred Pierce, which is awesome as far as like lighting, very, very film noir. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and then, uh, you know, just things that there was no tricks like Hitchcock and, you know, things like that's where there's no explosions and things that make you like, oh, it's just, it's just filmmaking. Just storytelling there. Storytelling and it's fine. It's doing like the masters, you know, and I always like to use the word master too much because I, you know, I always feel like we're always learning. Like you yeah. never get there. There is no animation guru on the top of the mountain because where he is, you can hand him a new tool and then that drops him back down because he doesn't know, right? Yeah. <laughs> now he may be higher than me and a lot of us, but there's you just never get there to this deity of animation. Like, like it doesn't exist to me anyway because yeah, yeah. He's learning. If you get there, then you need to start a church or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a sad spot. That's a sad uh, spot when you've figured that, or you feel like you've kind of leveled out. You know, I've I've got it all. Yeah, can't I learn just, anymore. Yeah, just you never get. I mean, there's just too much to learn. You'll never get. Yeah. There's techniques, new things, new technologies. You know, you name it, man. It always is something new to learn, and and, and, and which is one thing I think maybe. Well, I've been in since 98, maybe it's because of that, that urge to keep learning. Like, gotcha. It's just a, it's just a passion. I guess I'm built for it too. Cause you know how it is in story where every, um, do the boards, work hard on it. You know, it's a precious ideas and all that. And you go on these pitch meetings and you know, the director's got a grenade. He's like, <laughs> boom. And he's like, ah, oh, my shit's everywhere. Blah, blah. And he's like, your idea. <laughs> boom. So I'm like, okay, out of this pitch, Hopefully, fifty percent, sixty can stay. But that's why I, I like. I see. I'm one of old school dudes who draws real rough. Like I see a lot of boards today, man. I'm like, these, these dudes might as well be animated. Like it looks like a two D one to one. Gotcha. And I'm like, man, I just that. I think that's why I enjoy thumbnailing the most. Yeah, it's my yeah, favorite yeah. stage, thumbnailing, because it's nothing's precious. It's the first. Boop, it comes in my mind. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you just. It's just like you have that mental explosion and you can see it all. It's all rough and raggedy, but you can see your shot selection. Yeah, you can see yeah. where it's going, where the hero's going, all that stuff. Yeah. And then you clean up later, but I just never, you know, I like rough and rugged boards, man. Like just raggedy, you know. Now, I'm not going to act like I don't want to clean up and have nice drawings, but I just realized that you can't be married to any of those drawings because yeah. half of them end up on the editing room floor anyway, you know. And the other part, too, is when they're rough, you feel like, okay, if this sold the idea, if this so sold the emotion, if this sold the, you know, the lines of action that this is kind of going in a rough state, you're in a good spot here. Yeah, You're exactly. getting caught up in just the pretty pictures too. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I think they say that people are more, they're, they criticize it less when they feel like it's more finished. So they're less apt to say anything. Right. Yeah, rough, they'll tear it apart. Yeah. And so if you could sell it in the rough phase, that means yeah. it must be really accomplishing what it's supposed to do. That's right. right. That's right. I mean, it, I feel like, yeah, as long as my drawings are effective, like they don't need to be Michelangelo Sistine Chapel level. Like they just need to be effective, be clear and tell the story. Like is the composition good? Is it, you know, is it clear? Is it giving you the right mood? Is it giving you the right response? Right. I mean, because that's what it's about. Right. How, how can I make this audience feel, you know, like we said, we're master manipulators. Like we know how to move the crowd the way that we want them to move. At least we try to, you know, the right yeah. lighting, the right camera move, the, the slow push, the sad music, the, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah. Well, 
okay, so now um, what you had mentioned in regards to the storyboards is very parallel in regards to animation in that you're presenting something and you can very easily get it torn apart. So how how was that process for you? What are some of the tips that maybe you could share with our audience where you were uh, more inclined to just go, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm able to let some of this stuff go and not hold on to it so preciously. What were some of that? Was that a process or was just kind of like, you built for that? Well, I mean, I think if you're going to be in in story, you got to be prepared to, it's like, I just feel like you have to have, like I said, have thick skin, like have elephant trunk skin all over you because it's, you can't get attached and married to your ideas as much as you, as you can maybe, you know, because this is the first time anyone's seen anything. Like I said, when you read the script, like you read it and I read it, right? It's the same script, but we're seeing two different things. Mm-hmm. you just read it and you're getting a vision of where this is and I'm getting a vision of this so especially when the director he kind of lets you have fun with it a lot like some directors I work with are like they're thumbnailing in the size like I wanted this framing I want a down shot I want this and some directors are like hey man just throw your script hey man just do have fun and so that leaves a lot open to interpretation right and so yeah. you know you, you just put your stuff out there and and give it your best shot, you know, and just hopefully that, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's hard to kind of, it's so many different variables in me, but at the end of the day, just do your best work, try to be clear with it and support the director's vision. You got to just listen to some of it is you just being quiet, man. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's listening is like just as important. You know what I mean? Cause you, this is one thing also when we have our story pitches, and we would all be in the room and like you would listen to him, you know, criticize or praise the other artists' work. And so you, you're taking little nuggets from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember the story. This is, I remember when I was on Book of Life with Jorge, man, <laughs> <laughs> I did this one thing with uh, Manolo's and his mother, right? And he, she was, uh, trying to stop him from going to like fight the bull or something. And I was going to have him walk. He walks past her and then his mom gets in front of him. She's like, no, me hold don't do. And so she, she put his hands in his chest and I had him grab his mom's arms and go, no, I got this mom. Or he's like, no, nah, he wouldn't do that. Right. He's a, he's not, Manolo wouldn't do that. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool. I did it again. I just like try I don't know what I was thinking. I was like, I just sneak this like one back in. It. <laughs> I tried it again. He's like, no, Manolo wouldn't do that. I'm like, all right, done. Never do it again. Like just, and that's because I what I, I need to support his vision. And so, and then the other artists are like, okay, yeah, I'm never doing that either. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like it's little things like that. Or oh, he's like, oh, I love when he when he had to pull a sword. And I'm like, okay, if he likes the leader, I'm gonna do that in my boards. He likes the way Manolo's pulling his swords up his other artists did because. He may be at a point in the story that you didn't get to yet or something. And so listening to how he critiques or praises or just whatever, you know, just goes through the pitch. Yeah, yeah. Listening. Gotcha. Shut up. Sometimes. <laughs> listen, it, it's, a, it's a critical part of the That's job. That's great, man. Yeah. That, that, that alone is worth this, this interview. That's a great nugget right there, man. Mm-hmm. Too often, uh, and I've heard it be said before, we've got two ears and one mouth. Yes. We should mm-hmm. listen twice as much as we talk. Yeah. <laughs> Learn a lot. I know, I know I do. I mean, I could kind of 
go off and like yap too much sometimes because I just like talking. But I still understand that this is the time to listen, you know, even with the producers, whoever's talking, because I'm always learning something. Just like you sit there in the room and just, I'm just, I'm just taking it all in, running through my filter and going, this is how I'm going to, next sequence, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to gotcha. do that. And then, you know, one thing, I'm just, you just got me thinking about stuff now about this, like this, right? I'm, this part of the job is like now we're zooming all the time and we're doing that. And you can't really, I remember just like, there's just one thing about uh, our buddy Colin, who was at the very early stages of Book of Life. And there was this, you know, this portal that uh, the candle maker was going to go through. And so I was like going to have him just walk through. And I said, you know, and you just pitch your stuff to your, to your uh, the other story guys. I'm like, man, this is you know, before I show the director. And he's like, Oh man, you know what would be cool if he just walked if he if he got these rocks and these rocks and and he walked up the rocks and went to the portal. I was like, dude, that's good. I think I'm gonna use that. Put it in there. Now, once again, it's my sequence. I can do what I want, right? I don't have to use your stuff. But I'm like, dude, that was such a cool idea. I'm gonna do that. I did it, and or he's like, yeah, that was dope. He liked it. <laughs> that's the part that I missed too. It's like you just you show your colleagues your work. I do. I, I love pitching my stuff to people, uh-huh. right? I mean, I did that with the, even when I had some sequences with Maria. And, or, hey, you know, we had a couple of uh, female studio artists, too, that would get a lot of Maria stuff. But, you know, sometimes you're just going to get the, the female things. And sometimes you come into a thing to where I'm like, I'm trying to think how a female would think, right? But, you know, so, okay, how Maria, she's hugging Joaquin did this, and she, and so I'm just trying to think of how she would feel. And so what I would do is I would just, I would board out my scene, and I would find one of my female colleagues and I would pitch her the boards. So she could tell me, you know, as a, as a, as a female, how does, how would she react to this? Right. And I would kind of listen and go see, listen and go. Yeah. I think that I like that idea. I like the way that she would turn and be just it's some subtle things that sometimes you just miss. Yeah. 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 Those little nuggets. And I'm like, Oh, I, I think that's dope. That's Boom. very cool. Yeah. Put it in. Very neat. Very and neat. It, it worked a lot of the times too, because you know, just, Showing your stuff to the artists. Yeah. Yeah. So it goes back to that showing and showing often, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I just, and, and see for me, and I think that's, I think that may hurt me sometimes in layout is because I'm, I like showing thumbnails, right? And so sometimes I, I just kind of, when I'm in the CG world, I'll show a, uh, my sequence with the, maybe earlier than I should. Okay. So some of my blocking is like, <laughs> it's all messed up and weird and stuff. And I'm like, hey, I should have probably refined that. But I'm just saying, showing my rush, like, hey, here's the initial thought. I don't want to waste all this time trying to polish up. Right, and right. Your, you know, make everything all cool. And then you don't even like the, the cat. No, we need to frame it over there or something. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. you know, going back to your first question, that's, that's one more thing. That's like the right or wrong. Like when you're pitching and you're doing your work, the work about, because I, I always feel like there is no right or wrong this early. Because... I could have a character come in the front door, right? Hello, guys. How you doing today? My name is Over. And he's coming through the front door. We pan over whatever. The director could be like, oh, man, this is great. But you know what would be cool? If he snuck in the window and came through the window and did that. Now, that doesn't mean my other way was wrong. It's just the idea. Just, it's changed. Yeah. So it's not a wrong idea. It's just going to just change the, the idea. But, you know, sometimes. And one of the other things. 
understand it. Go ahead. Yeah. And one of the other things I've noticed too, working collaboratively is that, you know, kind of going back to the same exact example here, the director might not have even thought of him climbing through the window had he not seen what you did first. That kind yes. of sparks a progression here. Like, oh, I like it. But what if, you know, and Ooh. so that collaboration process definitely helps that ping pong. Yeah, I love that. that. That's definitely part of it. And you know what? That's the thing too about starting a story and then kind of going to layout. It's like, I expect as it, as it goes through every department to get better, right? It's like, here's the, the somewhat blueprint, right? It's not the gospel. You know, it's not, it's in stone. It's not the Ten Commandments. I mean, it's like, here's the idea and then the layout team will get it. And then once they get it, and then you see in CG space that dude, his arm can't reach the top. That you can't do that. So how do we frame it to where we can still get the same feeling? You know, maybe change our lens a little bit and you know stuff like that to get the gotcha. same feeling. And then when it goes to animation, they get it and they just destroy it and make it super dope, bring it to life and just make <laughs> it move. They do what they do, right? Animators, my dudes. And then also you know the lighters and you know whatever they just make yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So it's, as it goes down. And as, and as at the, being at the very early phases, uh, just especially if one of your ideas makes it through that obviously is not in the script, you're like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, because you know that, that 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 part of that idea did not exist. Like it was yeah. not in anyone's mind. And you just kind of, which is your job really though. You have to embellish the script and make it cool or whatever. But it's always fun. So like I said, one of the most enjoyable things for me too is doing that. So if you start at the beginning, I found a way to be at the beginning and work in story, work in layout. And then while animation and lighting is going, then I'm going to flow with this final layout where you finesse the cameras after the animators have kind of done their thing. So we have the final layout. Uh-huh. So the animators are like, oh, I want to do this. And you just kind of take the camera and adjust it and, you know, stuff like that. So Very cool. Yeah. And so it's, it's, I found a way to try to stay in the pipe for a long time because I, that was one thing I always noticed when story artists, you go, all right, you're done. You, yeah. you work, whatever. And then, all right, now you got to find another job or you got to move. And I was like, man, I, I'm not feeling this. Like I got to yeah. find a way to, to stay in this you know, world that I adore so much. Nice. And so I just went there. So I learned, I didn't want to learn animation because I just did no way. Like, no way. I, I'm not built for that. <laughs> I can't write. I can't do all that stuff. No modeling. <laughs> Unless it's like rough proxy stuff. And the animators, I mean, the, the models will make fun of me because I got a you know, cube going through the spear. Oh, you know, <laughs> so, so bad. But, you know, and then I would just uh, see, see it from beginning to end. I got tired of that. So the first time this happened to me, I got really lucky. I'm go, sorry, I'm going back. Back in history. I'm going back to the Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> is when I was in boards working on the Timmy Jimmy Power Hours, right? Way back in like, I don't know, 2003 or whatever. This is which one? The Timmy Jimmy Power Hour when they had the Fairly Odd Parents crossover with the okay, okay. world. Yeah. And so everybody else was like, we're going to add bully. We're going to work on the future. And so literally we had this, the skeleton of the skeleton crew work, <laughs> working on those shows, right? <laughs> and so I'm like, that's when I realized like, they were going to be like, well, Jimmy's ending and either you learn 3D or you're going to get laid off. So I, I was like, okay, cool. One of my buddies, I came in on the weekends and he taught me uh, Maya. So I came on the weekends and he just sat with me, dude named James, and we just sat there and he just taught me enough to learn layout because like I said, I don't need to learn fur and all. It's like, look, 
the camera port and some few spline, you know, the graph editor. Because it was TV. It's not like we're doing really super complicated stuff right. at the time. So I learned that enough to stay. And so what happened was when everyone went to uh, the ad bully and we're, we're uh, just a very a handful of us, I'm like, okay, now I got to do layout too. So I learned to stay in the pipe on that project. And so I was really grateful for that back That's in the cool. day because it taught me to stay. And, and then once I learned Maya and I went upstairs to learn to work on Apple, they're like, oh, we're using Houdini now. So I was like, oh, okay, now I got to learn something else. So we learned, I learned Houdini and, you know, you said, man, that was like an accelerate, like that six months was like school times 10, like on, just on the job, learning right then and there. Pants on fire, beard burning up, just, <laughs> brains hanging out. It was, it was it was hardcore, man. But, but what I, I love about this is you're going. That's exactly it. I'm staying in here. I'm fearing, I'm finding a way. Does it mean I have to work some? You know, figure something out here. Yeah, but then, like you mentioned here, you've been in uh, Texas for almost is twenty it, years, it, at I, least in the industry here. Yeah, I've never had to move. That's amazing. Moved. That's amazing. I never moved. Dude, I never moved. And on top of that, going back in history again, when I was on back at the barnyard, uh, my buddy Mike, he, was, he directed on Neutron and he was in California. So uh, I flew out there, met with the directors at the time, it was TJ and Todd Grimes. So I met with them and somehow I got lucky enough to stay in Dallas, but still work on that show, not having to live in California. And back then, I don't know how. That was kind of rare to me. I was like, Oh yeah, I can imagine. I yeah. So it now, dude, it was so hard because I told you we had to do we had one week for thumbnails, the week for final, and you know, so I had to uh I remember working, I would sit get up in the morning, I would work at the sun, I could just see the shadows move across <laughs> the room in nighttime. I'm still sitting there. Like time lapse, moon, sun, moon, sun, moon. And I was like, dude. And But that's what I had to do because I had to upload Thursday. So my buddy Jason Dorf could pitch my boards for me on Friday. Because we didn't oh, have so you had someone else pitching your own boards too, huh? And all this cool stuff. Do what? So you had someone pitching your own boards too? Yeah. I, I, didn't, even, I didn't even pitch my own boards. Wow. So I had to try to make those things super clear. It's super concise, so I'm like, I upload a Thursday night and go, well, hope, I hope it works. Wow, man. And then I would hear back Monday, here's your notes. It was crazy, man. Like, that is, that was, that's pretty nuts. Yeah, so this ain't nothing like working from home now. I'm like, dude, this is cake. <laughs> Internet's fast. Yeah, yeah. Amazon <laughs> HD. There you good. go. You got yeah. Zoom and you can jump on easily, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's great. <laughs> you know? Um, so now how long, so that was with uh, what company again, with the Jimmy Neutron and stuff like that? Jimmy it was with DNA. DNA, that's right. DNA, yeah, which was, and they closed down after the Ant Bully flop, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that now, shut us down. Now let me ask you something here, just kind of my mind going here. Uh, we have an interview, we had an interview with uh, Kirby Atkinson, or Atkins. Mm, yeah. Did you work mm -hmm. with him at all? Yeah. Because I remember yeah, him Kirby saying he worked, worked on Kirby Jimmy Neutron DNA. stuff. Yeah, I worked at, man, yeah, because he was, the Mosley, I don't know if that's the uh, Beast of Burden, Mosley, he was yeah, working yeah. on that back then. Oh, yeah, that's what he mentioned in the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I remember him. I remember him drawing on that. So I'm like, dude, but so props to him, man, for sticking to his dream. I know. 
that is, I just, I haven't talked to him, but when I see that, I remember that just to stick to it. Dude, sound cliche as you want to make it, as I can make this sound, whatever. It's like, don't give up on your dreams. Yeah, yeah. Mega cliche, but there's a testament <laughs> to it. And it worked. He That's got his right. movie made, dude, because he never yep. gave up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so let me ask you this then. You mentioned, you know, you wanted to draw. Did you see yourself being in story, though, specifically? Or was, you know, there's there's other aspects of drawing within the animation industry, whether it be uh, character design or, you know, uh, uh, environment mm -hmm. design, things of that nature. Did you always find yourself, did you think yourself getting into story? Was that kind of half by accident and then you just fell in love with it? Or how did that work? Well, I remember... Like I said, as a kid, I want to draw cartoons, whatever. Yeah, right. And I used to draw comic books, like my own comics, you know, you know just drawing your own stuff, right? So already, it was funny because I was drawing comics and I used to go to the, the Comic-Con when I was 12 because I'm from San Diego initially anyway. Okay. Right? My, I'm a West Coast transplant, but I was raised in Texas. So okay. anyway, so I went to the, you know, the cons back then, you know, and so I would draw comics and I love just telling stories anyway, right? So okay. in school, in Art Institute, just drawing, I didn't, I didn't know that I wanted to do a story. I just knew I just knew I loved drawing and I could use those drawings to tell stories. Okay. Right? So, and I don't, I'm trying to even remember how that, I just knew that, oh, there's a storyboard artist. I'm like, okay. oh, so you could draw the story out? I think I could do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think yeah. uh, that's what I've been doing or wanted to do all my life. So drive, gotcha. you know, to, to try to do it, you know, and then, you know, not getting, achieving everything that I wanted to achieve and, and still have it, right? But I, I just, I don't know. I just think, I don't know. I just love it so much that I never wanted to not do it. So okay. in some form, it was just going to happen, I think. I was going to find it. It, was, it found me and I found it, however you want to <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, the family, yeah, yeah. I found it. And it's been it's been a joy to, to, you know, to be able to be in this, you know, and do this. What because I could wake up and go, man, I'm gonna draw today. Uh -huh. I just like and get money too. <laughs> I get money and I get yeah. to draw today. I, I'm not complaining, man. Yeah. Really yeah, for sure. And I know we can't talk about it, um, but I know one of the projects that we recently got to work on, getting to work on those kind of characters was just, right. oh, and, I, and, and was like actually kind of going back here, I know you've got on your um, IMDb, you got to work on some of the Looney Tunes stuff. Oh, I think man. it was uh, Fur of Flying, Coyote mm -hmm. Falls. So you're going to even get to anim or uh, to draw those characters that I'm sure, you know, like me and everyone else grew up with, you know? Yeah. I love that. I, that's another thing too, because when I when I first when I left DNA, I went to Real Effects, and then there was some you know contract. I went and did some stuff for uh, uh, HKS Architecture, so I went. I worked at the architecture firm too. Gotcha. Camera fly arounds, which oh, okay, it was the worst. But it, but I, I have no regrets because it, I, it it taught me what I'm meant to be doing. Right. Gotcha. So it pulled me away from animation to where I was around architects and buildings and mullions and steel and build and doing because basically uh, the Cowboys Stadium, AT&T Stadium, I helped do some fly arounds with that. And Jerry Jones was up there all the time. It was awesome. But I knew that I'm not built for that. 
Gotcha. Anyway, I'll go back to real estate. So we did some open season two, three, and then the loony shorts. Mm. And that those loony shorts were some of the most fun I've ever had is been is being in the industry. Gotcha. Those things, I, and maybe it was just because those iconic characters yeah. that we all love so much. Yeah. Right? You just you just want to put everything you had into it. Like, man, I'm moving the Roadrunner, Wally Coyote, just characters you grew up just like, oh, you know, Saturday yeah. morning. Because I'm an old, old dude. I, Saturday morning cartoons, like, yeah. these new kids don't know. Like, but no, no, no. I wake up in a big, you know, big old bowl of cereal. Yep. A Tupperware bowl full. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Like, like Zeke, feed me, you know what I'm saying? Watching cartoons from like six in the morning to like 11. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. And now anyway, it's noon. You got to go outside now. But, yeah. Yeah, but that, but and then, but just still getting to work with those characters and yeah. the layout, you know, doing layout and stereo on the dude, I loved them all. I loved every minute of that. And then we had a really small team too, so it wasn't to where like your voice resonated a lot more. You know what I mean? When you say this bounces off a couple of people, hey man, this uh-huh. building don't work. I mean, we had this, you know, uh, John Anderholm had this thing where I'm like, these buildings, I'm like, we literally could like punch in the floors and like we can make the buildings like. Burr, burr, like just for their our set dressing using cards uh, and the lighting rigs and everything. I don't know, man. I, and I thought they looked great. The animators pushed in the rig in the riggers to where they had the multiple coyote arms. Like yeah. you, you know, all the stuff that, that was from the you know the iconic, you know, Chuck Jones era. Yeah, yeah. Things like that. I don't know, man. Those things are great. I I, I think I don't know if enough <laughs> people saw those, you know, but it was I don't amazing know, to work I, on them. Nonetheless, I don't have a soft spot for <laughs> I have a soft spot for those shorts, man. Those things, I love those things. Nice. The Elmer Fudd one and Daffy. Great, <laughs> man. I'm like, dude, these are so awesome. But any ones, any characters in particular you really enjoyed getting to draw? I mean, maybe Daffy, man, because he's okay. just. I, I don't know. I think this is Daffy is just. I don't know. He's so he's out there and so. Just a firecracker. Yeah, but he he so wheels off, and you know the old school Daffy, and then the later Daffy got a little bit more. He kind of a little more cynical and just a little more just like you know he was he didn't really he got more angry than weird and wild, but you know so you saw Daffy evolve and all that. I don't know. I, I'm just I love even I didn't watch the new Tom and Jerry yet. Yeah, I've seen that yet. Man, I used to love those those Fred Quimby old school Tommy uh-huh. from like the forties. Those are the best, man. Yeah, <laughs> politically incorrect ones. <laughs> I don't care, man. I used to laugh at. It. I know it was bad. I mean, dude, I know it was wrong, and I knew as a kid. I'm a little kid. Boom, blow up with the turnaround. I'm like, mm, I don't know if this is right, but I was still laughing. But you know, it is what it is. It, it still inspired me. It made me want to get into this stuff. Very cool. Whether you correct or not. So, you after the architect, you got into real effects, and you've mm-hmm. been there since. Yeah, I've been there since, and I, you know, I, I do, and that's I worked in real effects. I just that's just, I don't know. That's, I really love these little working there. We had, I had a couple of stints where I would, you know, leave, go work on something, come back, leave, because I was on a contract basis. But once I came back, man, we've been, we've been, we've been hanging tough, man, you know. And that, and I got to really work on a lot of projects. 
like a lot, like a lot of different from from feature stuff to just commercial. I worked on so many commercials with like a tech plan and or a sister company, yeah, like yeah. school with their VR stuff. And I just came off of uh, the No Activity um, TV series. I'm not familiar with that one. Yeah, it's a it's a it was a show that was on like I think CBS Online or something, right? Okay. And it was it was based on an Australian cop show with like Tim Meadows and uh, Patrick Bramwell in it. So uh, anyway, with COVID happening, they was having a lot of problems filming stuff. So they decided to do an animated version of it, of the show. Uh-huh. That's, it's streaming on Paramount Plus like right now. Okay, okay. So that's the last thing I rolled off of, and that was a flight school project. So gotcha, yeah. You know, I got to work on story and layout on that also. So that's now flight latest- schools primarily with the more VR and AR have. Um- how is that as you're doing storyboards that are kind of 2D? Yeah, it's... it's How, what is your mindset on that? Yeah, it's... I mean, it's kind of... There's... I still draw kind of the same. Now, there's been some where we take the, the panels and you have to try to work it around so the client gets an understanding of... Okay. You're going to be seeing it in, you know, 100, basically 180 degrees. Uh-huh. You know, and so you try to kind of adapt to that sometimes. But... You know, it hasn't been like you had, I had to change too much because gotcha. they kind of understand. I mean, okay. I've messed with Quill and some VR stuff very little because I'm not really officially like a, a flight school employee. But luckily, I've gotten to work with them because, you know, Brandon and Limbert and the team over there are just really yeah. great. And, you know, we can kind of cross over and work on different projects, you know, things like that. Because, you know, even like the, like I said, a lot of commercial work too, you know, with AR, VR, you yeah. name it. So, gotcha. I don't just do one type of board and you know, in, that, in a way that may, it can kind of hurt me a little bit sometimes because you can't put all the love into like a feature board. Okay. Because you're like, Hey man, we got two days to do this commercial. You don't have a lot of time to try to make this stuff pretty. And he's like, <laughs> here's a shot because, and then it's like, we know it's that. So it, it's going to, this is the difference too. When feature, like to go television, feature, commercial, blah, blah, blah. They all have their own principle, you know. And then the commercial stuff is like, okay, we're only going to use six shots. And the camera's cutting or whatever, right? So it's like, how can I make this composition the strongest, tell the story the fastest and most effective with as few shots as possible? So you really got to rethink how you want to tell this story, right? Uh Because eye tracing is important. You know, okay, if we're here and we cut, Wherever we come to better be right here too, because you don't have time for the audience to be looking around trying to find right. what I'm supposed to be looking at. I don't understand. No, you know, you got to boom, boom, boom on the cut. So things like that. And so, but, but you can take that principle also and just put that into the TV and stuff too, because it's still true. And also with layout. I mean, you right. look at boards sometimes and, you know, I'm in the, that's why sometimes like I look at boards and I'm like, man, these ain't going to work. Like I can look at them and go, I already know this ain't going to work. So yeah. it's fine. That's part of our job in the layout department is to understand that, I, you know, and it also helped me too with lenses, lensing, you know what I mean? Like if I'm in boards, I'm like, okay, for, you know, I'm drawing this and I know, okay, usually because we usually use, you know, 27 to 35 millimeter lens for our normal 50, maybe for over the shoulders or whatever. But if you're like, I need to use a long lens, use a 135, it's going to push that background like way here. So understanding those, once again, like film and cinematography principles, right. it just strengthens you as an artist on the whole because you understand how a real world camera works. Yeah. 
and you're in my changing the lenses and you know or if you're in a tight area like you're in a, a cabin and you're you have to film this whole short in a cabin what are your lenses right your lens kit you know use 17 17.1 to a 85 and we're not going anywhere out of that like and I, you know, I love having those discussions too with the director like what's, what, what's our lens kit like on no activity for some reason a 17 millimeter lens looked terrible like we can never use a 17 but then you go to another show use a 14 and it looks cool gotcha so it just this is a lot of differences and depending on the show the style the you know the director you want some Wes Anderson down the middle stuff, or do you want to put him off to the thirds? You know, there's, there's so much in that's going in there. And that's just going back to our cinematography camera, uh, you know, film language stuff. Now, how much of that, um, you know, uh, focal length and things of that nature, did you think about in boards before you got into layout? Not as much. Okay. Not, really right, man. Not as much because you just draw. Yeah. Everything works in 2D. It all yeah. works. I remember... Even uh, and I, the the first the first time I really really this hit home to me was going neutron days where I cut my teeth pretty much and was like you can just have him reach for anything right but technically he couldn't even touch the top of his hair because his head was so big right uh-huh. so when you draw something you can have him put on right yeah. but in reality he could never do that in three D so you have to cut around and so you get in the layout and you're looking at the animatic you're going man you can't even do work. that. Yeah. Like that's not even possible with the rig. Yeah. Right. So you had to like, you know, maybe use one of his contraptions to do it or, you know, you just find a way around it. And so I think about that a lot sometimes now. It's like, I'll look at a board or I, you know, I look at some of the summer. I don't know how we're going to make that work, but sometimes that's the challenge. Gotcha. Right? And, that, yeah. and that's why I, you know, I got a soft spot for the story and the layout team because obviously that's what I'm doing. But I just appreciate the problem solving that a lot of times they don't get credit for. Mm. But no one really, it's like that invisible department because you just think the camera is where it's supposed to be, but it's it's another character. Yeah. But if, I, if, I'm, if you're looking at someone, I start going, jerking, you go, oh, well, hey, yeah, now you see, now you recognize the camera, don't you? <laughs> now you see. But it, it, when we make it do what it's supposed to do, you just feel it. Yeah. You feel, like when it moves, you know what I mean? So that's another thing. Like you can look at something and the camera has a little bump to it, Maybe people won't see that, but we feel and go, you gotta see what that bump out right there. It's yeah. such a, it may, like, whatever would be the equivalent of that in animation, you got the smooth flowing thing, and like there's a little kink oh, somewhere that yeah. I probably wouldn't see, but you see it because your eyes like trained to see yeah. that. It's that type of stuff. Gotcha. Right? Yeah. All right. So, do you have any, just out of curiosity, you've been in story for a bit here, do you have any? stuff that you've worked on for yourself that you would love to that maybe that has seen the light of day or would love to see the light of day of your own you know we, try, we talked about kirby earlier um and maybe not even a full feature but just you know shorts or ideas yeah yeah definitely i, I mean and as an artist i'm going to create you know yeah. so that's just that's just the way it is the i'm mean, one of the things i did you know on the side too uh, when jamal hit me up for uh some boards he did a thing called the master it's like yeah very so, very cool yeah, so Jamal was like, hey, man, I got this idea, blah, blah, blah. So we, you know, we just hashed out the idea on our own, like just on the side, just doing it. Uh-huh. And he he took the animatic that me and him worked on, and then he took it to his uh, the studio, and then they obviously made it better. But 
that type of stuff is what I really enjoy too. Because a lot of times, you know, you know, the work work is the stuff, but sometimes it's not, you know, it's not what you want to do, it's not your vision. You don't, you know, you're gonna put your all into it, but it's not your creation. And I've seen I had a lot of things that I've kind of just nothing's ever made it to completion. And that's those ghosts haunt me, you know, they're in the they're on my back of my head and my shoulders constantly. You gotta do it. You got I just they're they're haunting me and there's been there's stuff that I came up with for man, man like a decade ago at least, maybe a decade plus, that I still haven't completed. I got bits and pieces all over the place. And you know, that's one thing that you know, I don't want to be out of this and not complete those things. Gotcha. Right? So I always have a whole bunch of stuff on the side. You know, and you know, I I remember one time when I was even in school, I went to this animation festival with this idea that I had. And I was talking to MTV for a while. So they, I went to this and I showed him the drawings. And he's like, you have a story with this? I'm like, ah, yes, I do. And so I, <laughs> I pitched it to him, you know, later on after in dinner or whatever. And so we start talking, going back and forth. And this is back in the day with the Celebrity Deathmatch and Daria. So it was yeah. way back then. But he, what he told me was, it's cool, but sci-fi is going to alienate our female audience. So we're going to not go any further with this. No uh-huh. more development or whatever. And so this is before I even graduated. So I thought I was literally going to come into this industry and blow the bottom out. Boom! I was going to come in and change everything. And and I guess I don't know what happened. I just it just never did. But so there's a little regret there. But I'm not done with this thing yet either. So I'm not going to cool. look like I'm you know I'm dead or nothing. I, I got time. You know. Very cool. Yeah. That just that's why I kind of ask. You know, it's just one of those things that, particular with being in the position you are in where you're constantly dealing with story, mm-hmm. I go, I, I'd have to imagine you've got just even little things that you're kind of still tweaking and turning. And totally, so, yeah, man. I've got multiple projects. I've got, <laughs> I've got a lot of projects and I got like people that I've collaborated with and that have ideas and you can help them flesh out because gotcha. I can help them see their story pretty quick. Nice. And they could see it being boards and we can kind of, you know, grab one of our modeling buddies, you know, grab an animator. I do the camera and we could, you know, with a couple of people, we can get an idea to right. a spot where someone can see what we're trying to do. Yeah. But you know how it is, man. You gotta, you gotta, that's that don't give up on your dream stuff. Yeah. I, I'm not, but the energy levels, man, you know, especially when you're working on all these projects, you're like, I'm just trying to sleep. <laughs> yeah. I'm tired, man. You know, but the artist in me still drives me. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it, it, it dude, I think I'll be an old man, a you know, like, like, like Floyd Norman, Norman, being his 80s, drawing every day, still. Yeah. You know, things like that. Like, it's yeah. just, he is going to, from, he just, that's, he's going to do that till he's no longer with us. That's what's going to happen. Hey, and one of the cool things I do love about our industry is that it affords the ability to do that. Right. Meaning, like, it, you can't do certain physical activities till, mm-hmm. till that age you know right. he can sit here and continue to draw you can sit here and you know tweak your at that age i, I really really love that about the, our industries that it affords the ability to do that even at you know ages like that i agree because glenn king's not going to go to home depot and start lifting logs you know what i right. mean like <laughs> it is what it is you know? yeah. gonna, but he is way up there and he you know he'll just keep doing his things like that and, that, and that's right. the one thing too. so hopefully i could you know i can make it in this thing long enough to where you know, either maybe one day my vision 
could either be out there. Yeah. You know, that's one thing I love to work with Jorge. And he's been, you know, really blessed and, and a lot of his own doing too, just to be able to work on his own stuff. Gotcha. You know? Uh, but you know, and I, there's a part of me that wants to direct to a degree too. Sometimes, maybe. Yeah. That's kind of why I continue to do my own stuff because you can control that. So whether it's not whether anyone's seen the fruits of that labor yet, they haven't. But I'm still controlling what I want to happen and going through my own approvals, you know, approval sessions to yeah, yeah. get to where I want things to be. You know, telling a lot of stories that may not get told. You know, and I think more opportunities opening for brothers out in the industry also. You gotcha. know, like, you know, and back in the days, like, nah, you ain't, you know. But nowadays, it's opening up for people of color and getting to kind of, you know, express their side of things a little bit more. Gotcha. So, we, so that's cool. Because that's another thing I've seen, obviously, from being in it for that. you just seen this open up. It's opened up a lot more. Gotcha. That's, I like that actually better. Opened up more. Yeah. And it's cool. So, you know, I... But at the same token, I've always thought that I don't have to necessarily direct the Tyler Perry movie. I can direct Star Wars or yeah, both. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like, I think if you can tell stories, it doesn't matter. I don't have to just do, you know, something from the hood or whatever. Like, I can God. direct yep. that or, like I said, there's no reason why I couldn't do Return of Jedi 3 or right. something. Like, why not? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it's, it's possible. Or do like yep. an episode of The Mandalorian or something. Like, there's right. no... You know, you know, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Real quick, you know, you've got to work on some really cool shorts. Like I mentioned, the best fiend stuff. Those are a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. um, you've got to work on the features, ugly dolls. Um, we mentioned a uh, book of life. Did you get to work on Scoob at all? I didn't. I did some very early, early stuff on okay. Scoob. Like just like more design stuff when it was you know way like in its infancy, right? But I didn't I didn't get to work on Scoob. The, the, gotcha. I was on other stuff. I don't even remember what I was on the thing because Scoob for our studio stretched out like five or six years or something. Yeah, yeah. Like we went through these phases, you know. I think and my so brother was there with work. you at Real Effects right. at the time. I said I think my brother Daryl was there at Real Effects with you during uh, that time. Yeah, yeah. Was... yeah see, because it went through some transitions and some phases, yeah. you know. So. No, I didn't get the I didn't get to work on. It. I kind of wanted to, but you know, there's like with Freebirds, and I, I didn't work on Freebirds because I was on Book of Life so long. Gotcha. So you can't, you know. There's just sometimes you, you know, I mean, literally, I think I was from Book of Life. It was like from day one, like the first day to like the end. So it was like twenty, I don't know, twenty eleven to twenty fourteen, I guess. Okay. Okay. Which I got to go to Toronto and work with the House of Cool People, and that was awesome, man. Oh, very cool. I, I yeah. love their stuff, man. Man, those dudes. I love House of Cool. Like, and yeah. then they, they took me in because that's where the story was. Like, I was in Dallas by myself struggling, you know, because I, I had worked on – am I am I talking too much, man? We going oh, over no. time. Like, You're the guest, here? dude. You're the guest. People want to hear you. No, this is okay, great. Cool. All right. So You're the guest. Yeah. All right, cool. So we, um, <laughs> uh, House of Cool, they took you in. Yeah, because I was doing layout for basically when I, after I worked on Boz, this uh, kind of, you know, fuzzy green bear show that Real Effects was doing. Okay. And then once that ended, there was no more story. So I think for five years, I didn't even do story. Like this, there's this gap in my career. I didn't even do doing? story. No, it was all layout. So I went from story, okay, story, layout. layout. And then I was in layout for like four years. We did like the Kung Fu Panda, directed DVD, uh -huh. did the Ice Age Christmas special, the Looney Shorts, the, uh, 
open season two, three, like I was layout for all those projects, total layout, right? And I remember our producers like, hey, there's this project that's gonna come in called uh, El Matador. It was, that's what it was called at the time. It wasn't Book of Life and it's, you know, or hey, but he came in with these maquettes and I was like, dude, I gotta get, I gotta work on this. And stuff. I just, <laughs> I was floored by the beautiful art and how cool or he was. I'm like, dude, I gotta, be, I gotta get down with this. I gotta get back in the story. So I luckily they're like, okay, cool, you can be on story. Man, I was, I was mad rusty, so rusty. It was embarrassing. <laughs> and I was drawing my boards, and I was just looking at all the other uh, Toronto dudes. Just it was just so great. And I and. This is, this is, so Jorge was like, man, you know, you need to, you're here, you haven't done story in forever. You're in Dallas by yourself. You need to go to Toronto. And I've never been to Canada before. I'm like, all right. So I went up there and the minute I walked into that studio, them dudes were just the coolest people. Ah, it was so great. That's they awesome, embraced man. this Texan that they, you know, whatever. And I still talk to those people to this day, some of them. You know, and I was like nine years ago, man. Gotcha. But anyway, so I just worked up there. I stayed there. I packed like a couple of weeks worth of clothes and I was there for almost five months. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah. I was like, uh, and I never came home. So my wife and kids, she's like, <laughs> oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Dude, it's like, so she had to adjust her schedule. The kids, she had to take both kids to, to, to school. I remember she had called me yelling, eh, we're getting a sprinkler system installed. And I'm trying to talk to the dude, like, hey man, no, you this, it, it was crazy. But <laughs> I I needed that time to iron sharpen iron. Back in. Yeah, iron sharpens iron. Yeah. And those dudes were, were ninjas. When you want to be a ninja, you gotta train with ninjas. Dude, I love it. Yeah, I love it. So I went up there and got the Gensu and the Hanzo, so that's <laughs> different. Like, whatever. And my stuff got better. Not that it was, awesome, but it got better, and I and I just really embraced that. So when I came back to Dallas, I just felt a lot better about everything. Or he was gotcha. like, "Cool, you know." And then I got into previs and some layout, you know, stuff like that. So I don't know, man. I was just a just just you know story time with Rod. That's know? awesome. That's yeah, no, no, that's super super cool. Yeah, I I follow them. Um, I love their work. Uh, yeah, really really talented team up there. Yeah, man. Nothing but love with Ricardo and those guys up there. Like I just they, yeah. They, they're really good. They, they have an awesome, they, you know, uh, with the, uh, I think it was a Sheridan, whatever school that they, there's like a, yeah, I'm whatever sure. it is, like they have some interns that were just like phenomenal. I'm like, gotcha. they, have, they have a lot of talent up there, man. Really mm. a lot of talent. Yeah. Any um, particular nuggets in story that you learned working with Jorge? Yeah. I mean, that was, it, it, may, it may not be story nuggets. It's just, in general, like okay. everything, like the passion that he had. I mean, I never, I'll do like, I was in a bad place almost from working so hard uh. on that film. It was for our studio and it was because of him. I just saw how much love and passion he was putting into his own project uh-huh. and I had to try to match it, Gotcha. you know, and I was yeah. losing weight and he would just come to me and like, Rod, don't die. Just don't die. <laughs> I need you, Rod. I'm like, I'm trying, man. I'm trying. I look like Black Gollum, dude. Like, oh man, I was this eye sunk in. It was, but I just think back on that with joy, though. Like, as hard as it was going through that, I have nothing 
negative to say. And I got, and also like, and I know if I ever direct one day, I just think about all those little things that Jorge just, the passion that he had, you know, he respected his team mm. on all fronts. And if he, and if he didn't know, he would ask questions, you know, no one's above that. Like he, you know, when it comes to something else and just, I don't know, it's, it's, it's almost hard to put in the words sometimes, gotcha. but a lot of this is nonverbal too. You just observe them. Okay. It's almost like a child, you know, to an adult, like, you don't, they don't learn from this. They learn from, from this. They observe. So you're learning from watching. So I would watch how he would talk to the production people. I would watch how he talked to the crew. I would watch how he talked to the Fox executives and listen to how he talked to the Fox executives. And all those little things, I'm like, these little chunks of information that I'm just like, just depreciation for his team gotcha. and understanding that they're making his film, right? And you were just as important to it as he was. And everyone tried to match that, you know, because and he let you own it. Like, this is your sequence and you would put, and that's the thing too, about like trying to micromanage things sometimes. It's like, when you give someone ownership of the stuff, they're going to do more than you nitpick. Like, let them own it. And they, because the thing is, they're going to want to try to do well for you because you say, hey man, this is on you. Yeah. So yeah. If, I, if I give it to you, you're like, man, I got I to gotta represent this man. Uh, <laughs> I, gotta, I, I can't he didn't really get I got it you know at least that's how I see it yeah no for sure yeah and a lot of artists to be themselves I mean they're in this for a reason like you got into this to make good stuff like you got into the industry to fulfill a dream probably hopefully and you're you want to do great work artists artists by nature want to create and do good work and they're inspired by great work so if you do good stuff you it's almost like a recruitment tool they see yeah. cool stuff. I want to go to there. They do cool yep, stuff. Yep. All right. You yeah. know? And then if you realize that when you go work there and the people are cool too, it's like it's a double win. It's, man. Like yep. it's just, you enjoy being around your colleagues when, when they bring you, you know, happiness and they're you know, good critique. They're critical, but they're not, you know, evil and mean with it. You just want to right. make good stuff. And they're not attacking yeah, yeah. you personally. We just want the project to be as good as it can be. Right. Yeah. But I do. Yeah, Jorge is like a that, that's a mentor also. Even though we're like the same age, we may be even younger. It doesn't matter. Like yeah, yeah. sometimes you're the master, sometimes you're the teacher, and sometimes you're the student. Yeah, right? yeah. And I I never have a problem being a student because I work with a lot of people younger than me and they come out of school just like gangbusters, just stuff is just super dope. And I'm like, dang man. I say, how'd you, you know, how how'd you do that? And then, you know. The back and forth and exchanging of information. Yep, I mean, that's yep. how we collaborate and make good stuff. Like you can't be all right. Keep doing that. I ain't, I'm not. I don't work with you, man. Like you got <laughs> at least that's how. I, I, I don't know, man. Maybe it's a different thing. I just I'm always open to like how can we make this better? It's not yeah, just me, yeah. us. We yep. team. You know, team first, project first, and then you know, take care of your health and don't die, and then we'll yeah. be okay. No, you know, you definitely are going to grow as an artist when you're when you're at your mentality is being able to work together, get this thing better. You're going to flourish as well. Right. Yeah. And that's the, the reciprocation of you giving yeah. out. And I, and I always do that. Like anyone, anytime somebody asks me to speak, at a, especially to the youth and a little, and a little, little brothers out there, too, that kind of, you know, some of them kind of have no direction. Just maybe dad's not in the house or, gotcha. you know, it's in it's urban areas and they I make it a point because they need to see someone that looks like them 
doing something that they probably didn't have any idea that they can do because no one's telling them they can do it. Gotcha. Right. So I always make sure when I go, you know, I show them what I worked on and I'll, I'll look at the, and you know, there's sometimes you have a little boy, you know, boys, they're kind of looking around and sometimes <laughs> they don't care. I've been to some areas and dudes don't care. And then there'll be this one particular kid who's just laser beaming, shooting beams right through me. Uh-huh. And I, and then, so what I'll do then is I'll focus my attention on him. Gotcha. That's the one that's going to, that's going to make it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, can't save everybody, unfortunately, but yeah. He wants this. Like, who, how bad do you want it? And so I see him just like, yeah. And I'm like, and so I just kind of shift and I'll talk to him for a minute. This I guy's listening, huh? Because I know he won't forget that. Because I got my daughter who she's 25 right now. So I work with people that's my daughter's age, like straight gotcha. up. Gotcha. So one thing she remember she told me was that uh when I was on Neutron back in the day, she was like in fourth grade or whatever. And when I would do career day, it was on it was still like out in the open. So that was the coolest thing. Like, <laughs> How your dad does it? Is he rich? I'm like, no, I'm broke. <laughs> no, I ain't got no money. But so But I enjoy what I do. Yeah. So yeah, that's the, the trade-off. So how do you want to do, you know, whatever. But that's it. I'm broke, but in at the time, but it, I didn't care. But that's yeah. I'm, I'm joking, but you know what I'm saying? That's the one thing they always are you rich? <laughs> they don't care about nothing. Are you rich? Yeah, no. But anyway. Her, I saw her friends like, I don't know, maybe a year ago. And they're like, you know, 25, 26 years old now. And they, she goes, I still remember when you came to our class and blah, blah, blah. It was freaking like, you know, 15 years ago. Or whatever. That's awesome, man. And, and so, and that's how I know that it lasts. It's an impression, but you won't forget that type of stuff. So that's yeah, yeah. when I talk to those little kids, I'm with them. Like I'm looking at them because I know it could be life-changing for them. Yeah, like, yeah. Seriously, it could get them on a path to something that they didn't think that was possible when they look in their area and think, you know, may not be something they can achieve. Gotcha. So I always got to go back to the hood or even just, you know, not just the hood, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. To, just talk to the youth here. Yep. Like youth. Dude, that's great, man. That is a cool note to leave off on. And, uh, I really, really appreciate this time, Rod. Um, I had mentioned with my brother, I said, hey, what do you think about getting a podcast in with that Rod? He's like, oh, dude, he's awesome. It'd be great. So yeah, I really appreciate your time. <laughs> um, it's, and it's neat to hear from a different perspective in regards, like I said, we teach animation here, but storyboarding, layout, that's so much a part of what we still do and we mm-hmm. get fed that from an animation standpoint. And it's just neat to talk with other people and their perspective, like you're talking about here. So. Again, really, really appreciate your time, Rod. Very right, cool, man. Thanks for having me. It was awesome. You know, uh, it's been a joy. I'm always willing to just talk to people about the crap in the industry that I love dearly. You know, it's done me, it's treated me well. And Very cool. It's, it's continuing to make me happy. So, I'm all right. Appreciate the time, man. Very cool. And with that, we are out. <laughs>